Today, I, I want to talk a little bit uh, about something that the Lord put on my heart a couple weeks ago. Uh, I, was, I was downtown Wichita Falls, and every once in a while, I just kind of spontaneously just go do a prayer walk over the city. Just kind of, I'll be downtown, and I just felt like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to do some, some prayer walking this morning. I'll walk block after block after block, a big square of the city, and I'll just, uh, a mile or two, just pray, just worship, and so I was doing that. I was praying for you. I was praying for our city. I was praying for this church. I was praying for what God wants to do, and I just really felt like the Lord downloaded some things in my spirit, all right? just kind of gave me some things that he wanted us to know, like some things that this city needs. How many of you know there's some things this city needs, right? And I want to talk about that in, in just a moment, but Here's what I know is that there's a lot of people in life, in general, there's a lot of people. I'm just going to move this back a little bit so maybe y'all can see. But there, I think there's a lot of people in life that uh, they are searching for love in all the wrong places. Remember that old song? Looking for love in all the wrong places. That's the only line I know of it, by the way. I just don't know the rest. But a lot of people are looking for love. They're looking for answers. They're looking for what's real. And they're looking in all the wrong places. And so they're looking for healing from a bottle. They're looking for hope from a pill. They're looking for validation from a relationship. They're looking for fulfillment from some sort of experience that they might have. They're looking for, for the answers in all the wrong places. But I think if you, if you know Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you know that no matter how hard we look, no matter where else we look in all of the world, we will always come up empty-handed if we don't know Jesus Christ. If he's not the answer, we'll always come up, come up empty-handed. So today, what I want to do is I want to share a little bit uh, with those of you who call City Hope home. All right, I want to talk to those of you who call City Hope home. Home, And if you're watching online or maybe you're a guest here today and, and you're just kind of checking the church out, this message will help you decide whether we, we ought to be your church. But those of you who call me your pastor and you call this your church, this is your home church, I want to talk directly to us today for a few minutes. I want to talk to you about what the Lord's putting on our hearts, okay? Are you with me? All right. So a few weeks ago, I kind of gave you a, a beep beep, right? You remember when I gave you the beep beep? Well, today I'm giving you, it's like I've got a, a yellow flag in my hand and I'm waving the caution flag, all right? And I'm saying, hey, look up, look up, don't get comfortable, all right? Don't, don't get comfortable. I, I want to caution you about some things that are coming ahead because here's the deal. We're getting ready to move into this beautiful building and God's doing some amazing things and what could happen is that we get moved into this building and we go, oh, this is so good. I'm so glad we were able to have this building for us and what we wanted to do and what we want to accomplish. And so I want to give us that caution flag that says, no, 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 that's not the goal. That's not the goal because this was never about us. This was never about, this was never about us as Christians. This is about those who aren't here yet. Come on, somebody. It's for those who aren't here yet. And so as we get ready to move into this building, I, I want to caution us on some complacency. Hey, let's not get complacent. Let's not get content. Let's not, let's not rest on our laurels, all right? Let's not settle. Let's not, let's not be the kind of the Christians that just go, oh, this is what we've always wanted. This is for us. Let's not be like that. Because I've seen over the years churches that they become on, uh, inward focused. What, what do we get out of this? What, what do we have? 
What's in it for us? And so I don't want us to do that. This is a moment for us as the church to shine like never before. This is a moment for us as City Hope to, to, to go higher than we've ever been before, to go deeper than we've ever been before, to go to the next level. This is a moment for us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to a lost and dying world around us. Amen? This is that moment. This is for us. And so I'm calling us to look outside of the walls of the church. I'm calling us to put our eyes on, on, on the city and to find those who don't know Jesus, who don't have a relationship with him, all right? So uh, what I want to do is I got two lists to give you today, two lists. One list is responsibilities that we have as a church. The other list is three things that this city needs from us, all right? So one list is responsibilities. We own it, right? This is us. This is what we own as a church. And then the other, the other thing is, God, what does this city need, all right? So if you've got your notes, um, you've you probably got some fill-in-the-blank notes there. If you've got them, pull them out, get ready, and, and, and jot this down. That our, our number one responsibility is we love people. We just love people. We, we love people. What do you mean we love people? Well, Jesus said it this way in, in the gospel. I believe it's in, in John 15, 12. He says, my command is this. What I really want you to do above everything else is to love each other. How? How, God? How do you want us to love each other? The way I loved you. Mm. But the way he loved us is that he forgave us and he, and he gave us a do over and that he and, and he's taken care of us and he gives us strength and he uh, the way he loved us was he encouraged us and he has a purpose for our lives you want me to do that same thing for somebody else come on are y'all with me today so we love people and again in matthew jesus is talking about the greatest commandments the two greatest commandments and he says he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. Do that above everything. But the second one, he says, is like it. He says, it is that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as you would love yourself. Well, how would you love yourself? You'd, you would want a second chance, wouldn't you? <laughs> how would you love yourself? Well, you, you'd want to be encouraged. You'd, you'd, you'd want to be lifted up. You'd want to be prayed for. That's, that's how we'd want to be loved. And he says, love other people the way we want to be loved because everything about the Bible, everything about this book hangs on those two commands, that we love God, that we love people. Amen? And we added to that that we're going to give them hope, that we give people hope. We're just going to give people hope. And then one other place in 1 John, this is, this is John the revelator, he says that if you claim to love God, but you, you can't stand your brother or sister, you will lie. If you, if you claim to love God, but you don't love the people around you, it, it, we're, we're liars. And he says, whoever does not love their brother or sister whom we have seen can't possibly love God whom we have not seen. So the first responsibility we have is this. We love people. I got to tell you that this church exists for people. We exist for the lost and the hurting and the dying. We exist for people who aren't here yet. All right. The, the church is not for us. This building is not for us. This is for those who, who are not here yet. We are the church. Come on, y'all. We are the church, and we exist for people who don't know Jesus Christ yet. That's why we're here. 
That's why we exist. And, and so if we're going to create an environment where people can be loved, that means we've got to create an environment where they're welcomed. Where, where, where everybody is welcomed and anything is possible. Somebody asked this, asked this morning if, if some friends of theirs could come to church even though that they, they, they don't maybe believe like we do or, or, or live a certain lifestyle like we do. And I say, yes, they can come to church here. Yes, they are welcomed in the doors of City Hope. Come on. This is a place where everybody's welcome and anything is possible. And so in order to create a, an, a welcoming environment, we got to be welcoming people, don't we? <laughs> check, check this out. Today... Everybody in person and everybody watching online, I'm deputizing you today as greeters. Every single one of you. You now have been authorized by the power vested in me, state of Texas, and the Lord Jesus Christ, to be greeters. Greeter, greeter, peppermint eater, eater. Even the pins have a hard time staying blue around you. Greeter, greeter, peppermint breather, breather. Don't you know when you shook our hands, you were shaking our hearts, right? Come on, y'all, y'all know y'all like that. You're a greeter, you're a welcomer, you're somebody who creates an environment where lives can be changed in this place, where everybody's welcome and anything is possible. So there's, there's, here's the thing. Why is that important? Because there's gonna be some people who walk through our doors that you've got a history with. Well, <laughs> there's going to be people who walk in and you're going to be tempted to think, <laughs> what is she doing here? Oh, no, she didn't. I know about her past. You're going to be tempted to think about a gentleman who walks in and you're going to think, oh, I heard what he did. Mm, he he doesn't need to, he need to pray that the, the roof doesn't cave in on him, right? You're going to be tempted to think that, but then you're going to remember that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in you, and he changed your life, and he set you free, and he delivered you from the lifestyle that you were in, and you're going to be able to believe for the same thing to happen in that guy or that gal as they walk through the doors. You're going to, yeah, come on, let's give God praise for that. that you're going to remember that... that but because, you've, because you went all in here, because you gave God a year of your life maybe, and how he set you free and how he settled your past and how he settled your yesterdays and how he's done a work in you, you're gonna, believe, you're gonna be able to believe God that he can do the same thing for them because he did it for you. Can I say it this way? If he did it for you, he can do it for them. And we believe it. And so we welcome that. We say, come on. Because it's not up to me to change somebody, it's up to Jesus. We love you as you are, but we don't want you to stay as you are. We want you to come in, let God do a work in your life, amen? Woo, man, I told you I'm getting preachy today. Preachy. So the, the, I think the simplest way that, that I could say it is, um, we just, guys, we gotta love the hell out of people. Oh, I can't believe he said that word in church. Listen to me. Uh, maybe one day we'll have a shirt that just says, come to City Hope and we'll love the hell out of you. <laughs> I don't like it, preacher. Listen, every one of us have had some seasons in our life where we had a little bit of hell in us. 
and there were some sin issues and there were some things that we needed God to work on and we're just saying, hey, come on, because God can do it. If anybody can do it, God can do it. He can heal, he can restore, he can save, he can transform by the power of God, amen? He can do it. I love it. So, so we gotta love people. Number two is we're more concerned with reaching people than keeping people. That, I, know, I know that's pretty direct, but I got to tell you, we can't be a church that just is us four no more. Well, God did something really good. Let's just camp out here a while. No, 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 no. There's so much more that God wants to do. We're more concerned with reaching people who don't know Jesus than we are keeping people. If, if you're taking those right out beside that, need-oriented evangelism. That we're gonna we're gonna meet people right where they are, and listen. I know that's a, a really direct statement, and I I don't want to offend anybody with that statement today. But here's here's what I'm trying to say: that is, if you are saved, and you're on your way to heaven, praise God for that. That's awesome. We we hope that God settles some things in your heart, and so that you don't have to live in hell on earth here. Right? That you can get some things settled, and you can get some freedom in your life. We we pray that that happens for you. But, but listen, that, that's not the end result. Like once we got saved, once we came to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it wasn't about us anymore. It was about the lost, the hurting, the dying, the broken. Amen? And so we got to stay focused on that. And in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells three stories, three parables. And in every one of these parables... Um, there's something that's lost. There's a lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. And in all three of these stories, the owner leaves the found thing, and what does he do? He looks for the lost thing. He goes after the thing that is lost. And so the, the, the best way that I can explain this point to you today is through the story of the prodigal son. And so I want to I read that to you today. It's a little bit long, but I want to drive this point home with us today. That in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells us this story of the prodigal. And he, and he says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger, the younger son said to his father, Dad, give, give, me, give me my inheritance. Go ahead and fork over you know, what, what you're going to give me when you die. I'd like to have that now. Go ahead and give that to me. So he said, Father, give me the share of the estate. So they divided the property between them. All right? And it says, not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country. And there, he squandered his wealth in wild living. In other words, he began to separate himself from the Father, who is God. He began to separate himself from God. He began to drift. He began to make some decisions that were, that they were taking him away from this relationship that he had with his father. And so after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to feed the pigs now, here, here's the crazy part. In the next verse, it says that he longed to eat the pig slop. He longed to eat what the pigs were eating. He had blown it. He was so far from God, so far from the Father, that he, he, was, he was down in the dumps. He couldn't, he, he was so low, a mosquito wouldn't bite him. Come on, somebody. I mean, he was down in the dumps, but nobody gave him anything. 
They wouldn't even give him the pig food. And so when he came to his senses, he goes, my goodness, my father's hired servants have food to spare. And here I am starving. Here I am. I can't even have a good meal. And it says that he said to himself, I'm going to set out. I'll set out and I'll go back to my father and I'll say to him, I've sinned against heaven and against you. He's, begin, he's, he's planning his repentance, okay? He's beginning to come to his senses. The, the Lord is doing a work in his life, and he's going, this isn't working anymore. I can't keep doing this. I'll go back to my dad, and I'll say, I've sinned against heaven, and I've sinned against you. And he says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Just, just, let, me, just let me be a servant in your house. So he got up, and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, I love this. He gets up, he goes to his father, and while he was so while he was still a long way off, his father was looking out for him. And he crossed his arms and he said, Man, why is that scoundrel coming back over here? Why? What's, what's he doing coming back? I've already given him everything. I'm done with that loser son of mine. No, 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 it says, while he was a long way off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion. His heart began to break for his son and, and he ran to his son. Come on, somebody. You need to know that if that's you today, if you feel like you're far from God, he is on the front porch of heaven and he is waiting to run to you. So he ran to his son, he threw his arms around him, he kissed him, he embraced him, he, he was so glad to see his son and the son said, to his father, I've sinned against you. He begins to repent. He begins to ask for forgiveness. Will you, will you forgive me, father? This is what we do when we come to God. When we're far from God, we come back home. And we say, will you forgive us? Will you cleanse us? Will you, will you give us a do-over? Will you let me be one of your servants? I'm not worthy to be called your son. But, but the father said to his servants, hey, come on, hurry up, quick. Bring the best robe. Bring, I, I wonder who's, who had the best robe in the house. Who do you think had the best robe? The father. Hey, come on. Bring him my robe. Bring him the best robe. Br bring, bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Come on, give him a credit card. That's basically what that means. Put sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf. I know we've been saving that for later, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to kill that today because we've got to celebrate. We've got to have a feast for this son of mine was dead, but now he's alive again. He was lost, but now he's found, and so they begin to celebrate. They threw a party, but meanwhile, the older brother, he was, he was serving on the dream team. He was out in the field, and he came in to the house. He came near the house. He heard the music. He heard the dancing, and he called one of the servants, and he asked, what's going on? What's, what's all this celebrating? And, and, and they said, your brother's come. Your father's killed the fattened calf because he has him back, back safe and sound. And the older brother was angry. The older brother had been out, you know, leading a small group. The older brother had been serving on the dream team. The, the older brother had been working in the parking lot or in the kids' ministry. And he refused to go in and celebrate. So his father went out and pleaded with him. 
Come on, man, come on. You ought to be happy that these people are coming to know Jesus. You ought to be happy that these people are coming out of addiction and they're coming out of hurt and they're coming out of the pain and they're coming out of all this stuff. You ought to be happy about that. And, he's, and the son, the brother, the older brother said, look, all these years I've been coming to this church. I've been here since day one with you and I never disobeyed your orders. I, 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 Pastor Ben, I never I never did anything. I, 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 I've always been here, and you didn't let me lead a ministry. You didn't ask me to lead a small group. You didn't, you didn't ask, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes, by the way. You never gave me a goat. You never gave me some authority. You never gave me something like that so I could celebrate with my friends. And now all these new people are coming in and you're just letting them run wild like they own the place. You're just letting them in like they're part of the family. <laughs> you're just letting them in like they, like, like they deserve this. But, but when the son, this son of yours, he said, when this son who squandered your property with prostitutes, with wild living, he comes here, you kill the fattened calf for him. You treat him like he's just one of your own. <laughs> son, he is one of my own. And the father says, my son, you're always with me. Let me say it this way. My son, you're right. You have been with me since day one. You've been a Christian a long time. You've been part of the faith for a really long time. And everything I have is yours. You could have had a fattened calf anytime you wanted because it's already yours. You didn't have to ask me for that because we divided that inheritance a long time ago. It's already yours. You can throw a party anytime you want. It's already yours, but we had to celebrate because this brother of yours was, was dead, but now he's alive again. He was lost, but now he is found. Come on, somebody. It's not about us. So we care more about reaching people than than. And keeping people, then pacifying people. Listen to me. I, I hope this doesn't offend you, but if it does, it's okay. I'm, I'm willing to take that chance that you can go to heaven from just about any other church in Wichita Falls. And so let me say it to you this way. I don't, man, I'm talking strong today. I know it. But if you want a church that's all about you, if you want a church where we never have to ask you to give up your seat to welcome a new person, if you, if you want a church where... You don't have to fight traffic coming in and going out. If you want a church where we never ask you to scoot to the middle to make room on the ends for people, this probably isn't your church. This probably isn't the place for you. And that's okay. What I'm, what I'm trying to say to us is to, that we don't exist for us anymore. We exist for the people who don't know Jesus Christ. And so that's why I try to always, I always try to just remind you of our vision, that our vision is to help people know God. And when they know God, help them get past their yesterdays, help them find freedom in their life, help them get in a small group and take off the mask, help them discover the purpose that God has for their life so they can go out and make a difference in this world. So that's, that's, that's what we want. So it's all about people. Can I tell you, it's always been about people. From, from John 3.16, that God loved people so much, he sent his son to die. <laughs> he loved people so much. 
And, and I think if we're not careful, here's my caution flag to us today. I'm waving the caution flag. If we're not careful, we'll become like the older brother. I can't believe that. You see old Joe in here this morning? You see what he posted on Facebook last night? He ought not be here. Come on. This is exactly where old Joe needs to be. <laughs> this is exactly where he needs to be. And so like the prodigal son, a lot of people, they've drifted. They've, they've ran from God. They've gone far from God. And so some of them, they've been hurt by the church. Some of them have, have distanced themselves from the church. A lot of prodigals have said, I, if that's the way the church is, I don't want anything to do with it. And so our responsibility is we, we care about reaching them more than just keeping people and satisfied. So if we're going to make an eternal difference in Wichita Falls, there's three things I want to give you today, three things that we've got to do, three things that our city needs. Let me say it that way, three things that our city needs. And the first thing is this, our city needs Christians who are real. Christians who are real. Jesus said it this way in, in Matthew 15, 8. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. There's people, there's, there's people in Wichita Falls who, who would say that about the church. They say, man, they, they talk the talk, but man, they, what they do doesn't line up with what they say. I don't know if I want anything to do with church. I don't know what, if I want anything to do with God, if, if that's really the way it is, Right? And then Paul, in his letter to the Colossian church, he said, he was, he was encouraging Titus about some people who claim to be one thing, but they're not. And he said, those people claim to know God, but they deny him by the way they live. Listen, Wichita Falls needs some Christians who, whose uh, walk and talk lines up. Come on, somebody. And I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm not talking about getting everything right all the time. But what I am talking about is that when they see your relationship with Jesus, they know you're not perfect. They know you've got some mistakes. They know that even when you mess up, they can look at you and still go, I know he's not what he ought to be, but I know the old guy, and he sure ain't what he used to be. I don't know what church he's going to, but my goodness, his life's been changing lately. If, if that Christian thing's really real, man, it's working in him. God's doing some things in him, right? That's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That, that when we claim to know God, there's got to be some fruit with it, okay? We've got to have some fruit along with it. I'm not talking about perfection, but I'm talking about just being real. And, and when we moved here in, in June of 2018, we did, um, we did a survey online. And in that survey... Uh, we asked one question, only question on the survey, and we, we put some marketing dollars behind it, and we had a lot of people fill this survey out. And we, we asked one question, and that question was, why don't you go to church? Assuming you don't go to church, why don't you go to church? Because our thought process was, whatever they tell us will let us know the kind of church we don't want to be, <laughs> right? Whatever their answers are, we, we don't want to be that. And here, here were their top three answers. We don't go to church because y'all, the church, you're judgmental. You, you condemn people, holier than thou, better than thou, you judge. And we just, you know what, we, we just don't want to go. Because I'll never be able to measure up to that. The second reason they said they didn't go to church was because we're fake. 
we're hypocrites because we claim to know God, but we deny it by the way we live. That was their perception of church. I'm not saying that that's you. I'm not saying that that's us as City Hope, but that was their perception, why they don't go to church. The third one, those two I kind of got, but the third one was we don't go to church because it's too political. Y'all vote for Trump. You don't like immigrants, and you're racist. And I was like, God, I don't ever want to be that kind of church. That is not who this church is. And so we're going to do everything in our power to not be that. We want to be the kind of church where everybody's welcome and what? Anything is possible. But that's the way people in Wichita Falls, that's the way they feel. That's the way they believe. So when they hear that we're Christians, they need to be able to go, that's what a real Christian looks like. That's, that's what a real believer in Jesus Christ looks like. So here's what I'm trying to say to us today. People in Wichita Falls, they don't need somebody who's holier than thou, who's better than thou. They don't need somebody who's got it all together. They need somebody who's willing to roll up the sleeve and say, let me show you some scars I've had along the way. Let me show you how I didn't get it right the first time, but God's done a work in my life, and he's doing a work in my life, and I'm not the same as I used to be. They need somebody who's willing to just say, this is me, here's, here I am, take off the mask so what do we do we be real what 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 how do, how do i how do i do that pastor ben we we be real that's what we do don't put on a facade don't don't put on a a mask take it off and be real because your friends and the people of wichita falls they would rather be around somebody who is real than somebody who is right They'd rather be around somebody who's just real. Be around somebody who's real. So that's, that's the first thing that God just kind of dropped in my spirit, that Wichita Falls needs to see Christians who just are in it to win it, bet the farm, I'm all in, call me crazy kind of Christians. I'm, I'm all in, right? That's what our city needs. The second thing our city needs is our, our city needs a church that is unified and in love with Jesus. I, I almost just put a church that's unified. But, but I, I need us to be unified as a church. But I need us to be in love with Jesus. Not our preference. With Jesus. Not our tradition. With Jesus. Not what we want to do. Come on. To be in love with Jesus. And, and Paul is writing to the Colossian church. And he says... He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, you're chosen, you're called out, you're holy and dearly loved, here's what I want you to do. I want you to clothe yourselves. In other words, every day when you wake up, you put on that jacket, you put on that garment of, of humility, that garment of, of compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. You Every day, make a choice that you're going to clothe yourself with that. And and in order to be unified, we got to bear with one another. I got to help you shoulder some burdens along the way. And there's going to be times when I got to forgive you and you got to forgive me. I, I think I preached about that last week. <laughs> where, where if any of you have a grievance against someone, you, you forgive them. How? As Christ forgave you, as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, you got to put on love. Why love? 
because it binds them together in perfect unity. Love takes humility and kindness and gentleness and compassion and it wraps them all together in perfect unity. It binds it together in perfect unity. So Wichita Falls needs to see a church that's unified. Not a church that's divided, not a church that's, that's uh, arguing about what color carpet we ought to have and this and that. Thank God we don't do that here. Thank you, God, we don't do that here. It's just not, why, why don't we do that here? Why, why, why don't we have those issues here? Because we focus on the essentials. And that's what I would tell you today is, how do you do it? You, you focus on the essentials. You focus on what really matters. You see, here at, at City Hope, it's always been about Jesus. It always is about Jesus. And it will always be about Jesus. That's the essential. <laughs> I like to say it this way. Um, that um, in essential beliefs, in essential things, um, we focus on Unity. What's essential? What's essential is this, that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin Mary. He lived a sinless life, but he died a criminal's death. He didn't deserve it, and he was buried for three days, but on the third day, he rose again. Come on, somebody. He didn't stay dead, and right now, he's at the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for you and I, and one day, he's coming back for a church that's real and loves him and is unified. He's coming back one day. Come on, somebody. So, number three, we got to be in love. We got, this city needs Jesus. What does this city need, Pastor Ben? Christians who are real. Christians who just, they love God. They don't have it together. They're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they're real. They're real. The city needs a church that's unified together, one mind, one accord, because that's when God can do some incredible things. And this, this city needs Jesus, 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 like never before. Like never before. We got an election coming up. Oh, is he going to talk about politics? No. But, but what our city needs is not a new president. What our city needs is not a new mayor. What our city needs is not uh, tax reform. What, what our city needs is not a nicer church or a different place to go. What our city needs is not more economic development. What our city needs is Jesus. Jesus. More than anything, more than anything, we need Jesus. So what's, what's, what do I do, Pastor Ben? Well, you got to be the only Jesus that your friends may ever see. Be the only Jesus that people at the grocery store may ever see. Be the only Jesus that people on your street may ever see. Be the only Jesus that... Your neighbor across the street may, may ever see, be, be that, be Jesus. How do I do that, Pastor? What are you talking about? There's only one Jesus. How can I do that? Ephesians 5, I love it. It's so good. It says, here's how we do it, by imitating God. Boy, what do you mean, imitate God? It, what would Jesus do? Live like Jesus. Act like Jesus. How would God handle things? In everything you do, imitate God because you are his children. You're his dear children. Check this out. What do children do? 
they act like their parents. So imitate your heavenly father because you're his child. You know, there's sometimes in life where our, our kids take after some things that we do that maybe we're not really proud of, right? You ever, you ever had a, a son or a daughter say something that you were thinking, what are you doing? And they go, well, you say that. You do that. And you're like, you're right, I do. I shouldn't do that. We, we don't ever have to worry about that kind of behavior with God because Jesus models things for us. And it says we've got to live a life with love that binds everything together in perfect unity. Remember? We've got to follow the example of Christ. Follow his leadership. Follow Christ. So I think one of the, one of the best ways that we can be Jesus to people is, is through acts of kindness. I think it's just, when you boil it all down, it's generosity. God loved the world so much that he was generous enough to give his son. He gave. So what do we do to, to show people Jesus? How, how, how can we be Jesus to people around us? Through generosity. Through, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about your dollars. I'm talking about the way you live your life. I'm talking about how, how, you, how you handle things and, and the generosity of an act of kindness to a friend or a neighbor. You see, there's something about this season that we're in in, in September. It's, it's uh, naturally a harvest season. In, in the natural, there are farmers who are gathering their crops and they're, they're reaping the benefits of seeds that they sowed months ago. But there's something spiritual about it as well. There's something that's happening right now in the spirit realm that's a harvest as well. I don't completely understand it, but this time of the year, it happens. And one of the best ways that you could be Jesus to people around you is through an act of kindness. I used to call it random acts of kindness, but honestly, I think it needs to be more intentional than random. That we, we ought to just be Jesus to people around us. What are you talking about, Pastor Ben? So... Some of you have already began receiving some God Loves You cards in the mail. And for those of you who are online and you're here in Wichita Falls, if, if you're in our database, you're probably going to receive some this week. But for those of you in person today, we're going to send some with you as well. And what I'm asking you to do is to let God um, move through you this week. I'm asking you to be available to let God be a blessing through you this week in Wichita Falls I'm asking you to just make yourself available why? because your availability gives God an opportunity to do a miracle through you I'm going to say that again your availability gives God an opportunity to do a miracle through you that when you, when you make yourself available and you say, you know what, I, I've been meaning to meet our new neighbor. I'm going to take some cookies over and I'm just going to be a blessing and I'm just going to give them that a little God loves you card that says God loves you and I do too. You know what, our neighbor's been down in their back lately and they haven't been able to mow their yard. So I'm going to mow their yard for them and just give them a little God loves you card that says God loves you and we do too. You know, this, this person at work's been struggling lately. So I'm going to slip them a 20 and just tell them that dinner is on us tonight and just give them a 
little card that says God loves you and we do too. It's just little acts of kindness that make the biggest difference in the world. It's when you take care of a physical need before you take care of a spiritual need that I think something spiritual happens. It's not you preaching at them and saying, turn or burn, baby. It's, it's, when you, it's when you say, hey, I was thinking about you. I brought you a coffee this morning and a little something to let you know God loves you. And hey, you know, I don't know if you'd be interested, but we're, we're having our first in-person service next week. And boy, it'd mean the world to me if you sat with me. It'd mean the world if you came to church with me. And you, you begin to just, you be Jesus. You don't, you're not pushy. And if they say, hey, I'm, I'm not ready for that, that's okay. We're ready when, when you're ready. It's okay. I don't, have to, I don't have to shove anything down your throat because the Holy Spirit's working. <laughs> He's doing His job. Are you with me today, church? Come on. What this city needs is Christians who are real. A church unified and in love with Jesus more than anything else. And this city needs Jesus. Jesus. Come on, will you bow your heads with me today? Maybe... Um, you're watching online maybe you're in person today you're in the room and and you're 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 thinking to yourself right now pastor ben i'm i'm what this message is all about i'm the one that you're talking about i'm the one that you say you exist for i'm the one who's really not here yet you say pastor ben i'm i'm the prodigal I'm the prodigal. I'm the one who's far from God. I've drifted. I've made some decisions. I've done some things that really weren't pleasing. I'm far from God, and I want to come back home. But I'm scared. I don't know what God's going to do. I I feel like he's going to punish me. And I would just tell you today that God is not mad at you. But he is madly in love with you. He's madly in love with you, and he wants a relationship with you. He wants a, he, he wants a friendship with you. He wants to be in a life-giving, experiential relationship with you where you really, really, really know him. I love to say it this way, that if heaven has a front porch, that he's standing on it, and he is looking out. He's waiting for you. If he's got a refrigerator on it, your picture is on it. He loves you, and I would never want to embarrass you. We won't single, single you out. We're not going to make you come to the front. But you do need to make a decision today. You need to respond to this, to this feeling that you have on the inside. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you today. If you would say, Pastor Ben, I am the prodigal. I'm far from God and I'm ready to come back home. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand right where you are today? I just want to lead you in a prayer going to lead you in a prayer just a moment if you're online we're going to lead you in a prayer if that's you just slip up your hand say that's me Ben I need Jesus I'm ready to come back home amen come on let's say this prayer together everybody in in house online come on say this say Jesus I'm coming back will you forgive me for turning my back on you going my way Your way is better. Will you forgive me for doing things that were against your will? Thank you for loving me. Thank you for receiving me with arms open wide. I know you love me and I love you. From this day forward, I'll serve you the best I know how. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's thank him for his love and his mercy.